first of all, don't think about yourself all the time. When you're worried that things are going to go wrong, you're thinking about yourself. And ultimately, when you're doing live video, you need to be thinking about your audience. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 26. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. A brand new week, a brand new Monday, a brand new Robert hairstyle. It's been a heck of a, a week at Response Suite. We've had our lead developer, lead developer, founding developer, Colin, off on holiday. He's been off to America. He's come back so, now with a hat and a flag. <laughs> yes, yes. No tan, though. No. I think he did indoor America. <laughs> in the indoor America. That's think great. It America. <laughs> it is great. And at Response Week, of course, if you haven't already signed up for your 14-day free trial at Response Week, find out how you can use surveys in order to do amazing segmentation with your marketing and deliver really personalized messages to every single person you're marketing to, then what are you what are you beating around the bush for? Crack on, get on with it. Just go to responsesuite.com and we'll hook you up. So what's been happening, Robert? Well, we're trying to figure out what's happening with iTunes. So we're wondering if you listening to this can maybe help us out. We're looking to get more reviews. We're looking to get people like you go and leave us a little review uh, because it really does help us to spread the word and for more people to see what a great podcast this is. It does. And the thing we, we're not quite sure about is a lot of people have wrote to us and said, well, I've left a review, but it hasn't appeared on iTunes yet. So can you do us a favor? If you haven't already left a review on iTunes, would you pop over there, just say what your favorite bit was, what you really liked about it. And I'll tell you what, if you do it, and once I choose to decide to actually display it, we'll read out your review, your thoughts, your comment here on the pod- podcast. We'll give you a name check and we'll even mention your website. How does that sound? Very That's pretty nice. Very All exciting. about b- bringing people together. So I had an idea. Why don't we play that game from back in the 90s Ooh. that was on telly, which is who am I? All right. So I've got a person here, Rob. And who is this? Okay. Who am I? I wrote a blog post on Facebook Live that broke my website and had over 4.6 million page views. I'm a regular speaker at Social Media Marketing World, and I trained as a professional singer at the Royal Northern College of Music. Who am I? Could it be Ian Anderson Gray? It's Ian Anderson Gray, everybody's Facebook Live man of the moment. And we caught up with Ian Anderson Gray just this week and talked about some really cool stuff. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. Now, one of the things that a lot of people face when they start to do a video stuff is this confidence, this fear of being on camera and being watched. And it doesn't come naturally to people. And that makes total sense. So Even you- if you're like a pro presenter, like you and I have been like presenting on stages for like most of our lives. And I've got to say, every time I go onto Facebook Live, I'm like, I'm just a bit apprehensive. So if you're apprehensive, it makes perfect sense because people who are pros at doing video and everything are exactly the same. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, I did a Facebook Live where I had my first ever cup of coffee. Yes, you did. I've made it to 31 years old without having a cup of coffee and I did it on Facebook Live and Grace filmed it and I have to say, I said to Grace, I'm quite nervous. Even yeah. though I go on stage and present in front of thousands of people, hundreds of people, doesn't bother me. Mm. Facebook Live, a bit nervous. It so is. I think that's really interesting. Ian had some really good ways of just getting over that as well. But not only that, he talked about the tech involved. So if you're thinking, well, actually, I, I can probably get through it. And of course, with time and with, with, with reps comes confidence. What tech do we need to have? My big thing was, like, what's good content for Facebook Live? How do you structure that? How do you make sure that people who are watching the replay get value out of it? And they don't, don't just feel like you're just waffling on at the beginning there's one really ninja tip that absolutely was a massive shift for me mm. about the first thing you should do when you get on a facebook live this was and a game changer I just thought, bloody hell it's genius why have i never thought about that i think the other big thing to take away from this is where live video fits into your business model like what what's it supposed to achieve absolutely so without further ado let's hit on over and speak to ian anderson gray So Ian, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. Really, really excited. So we want to talk to you about live video. It's something you've spent a lot of time working on, doing and thinking about. Why do you think it is that live video is so important these days? And what will it really actually do for us? Well, I think a lot of people are getting, they love video. Uh, I'm talking about the audience here. But they get sometimes a little bit frustrated by not having the opportunity to get to know the business owner. And, and live video is great because it's more authentic and transparent. You can be a bit more real on live video, mm. which I really, really love. That's one of the things I get. If I see a kind of a big promo video, I don't tend to watch that. But I will more likely watch a video given by the, the owner of a business. And they're talking about a little bit more personal stuff. Mm. So that's the first thing, the authenticity of it. And I think it also, it 
involves your audience a bit more as well. It's kind of like a, a webinar where people can ask questions and get involved and you can even bring in guests live onto the show. So it's a great opportunity for your guests to, for you to give your guests more access to you as a business owner and they can ask you questions and get involved, which is great. Uh, I was going to say the third thing is certainly on the likes of Facebook. It's a, it, it's, still at the time of this podcast recording, it's still a bit of an algorithm buster. Now, how long that will happen is another matter, but still at the moment, Facebook is still giving preferential treatment to live videos because it wants it to do well. And similarly to a new technology called Facebook Premiere, which is, it's not technically live video, but it's uh, the broadcasting pre-recorded video live. So that's another thing to think about. It's, it's more likely to expand your reach when you do live video. And then the final thing I just wanted to squeeze in is that it's, I think it's actually easier to create live video once you get the technology sorted. I, I spend hours and days producing blog content, but once I've got the content in my head, it's just a case of going live and sharing that with my audience. But from that then, that live video, you can then repurpose that into other types of content. So actually getting that content produced is quicker sometimes using live video. Yeah, because it's a case of just like sort of slapping on the camera and sort of getting started. Yes, there's a bit more to it and there's a bit more preparation. Mm. I want to ask you about that in a few minutes time. But do you think sort of live video is, is sort of replacing like proper regular video altogether? Should it replace it when we're looking at it? Should we basically be saying, hey, let's stop doing all this lovely studio stuff and do live video as a replacement? Where do you think that line is? I think it depends on your video, uh, sorry, on your business. But I think I, I would definitely say most of the time, no, because I think there's a time and a place for each one. I, I think if all your videos are live, that's going to be frustrating to people. Uh, and sometimes there's a place for a really polished, high quality promo video. So I, I think it really depends on uh, what you're wanting to do and your strategy. Mm. So, I mean, everyone seems terrified of getting on camera when it can be edited. So they're, they're terrified of, of switching on the video camera, making a nice polished video where if they mess it up, it doesn't really matter. You just hit delete and start again or edit out the uh, Yeah, mistake. we're vastly experienced in the hit and delete button, aren't we? Exactly. So <laughs> how does somebody get over the confidence barrier of actually performing, if you like, or presenting live on video where apart from probably a few seconds buffer, <laughs> you have no room for error? Well, the, the error bit, I think, is that the the bit that we don't need to worry so much about. I think we overly worry about the fact that when we make a mistake and actually people like mistakes. That's one of the reasons why uh, live video is so enjoyable for a lot of people. I mean, because if things go wrong, if the cat jumps on the table and your webcam falls over, which happens to one of my guests on, on our live video, uh, it's actually quite, you know, it's, it's real. It's, 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 just, it's, it's uh, part of the advantages and the, the, the great side of, of live video. So, that's what I say. Don't worry too much about the when things go wrong. The first, the the second thing I would say is you're not alone. If you're feeling worried about or having fearful in front of the camera, you are not alone. But there are some practical steps on how to get over this. First of all, don't think about yourself all the time. When you're worried that things are going to go wrong, you're thinking about yourself. And ultimately, when you're doing live video, you need to be thinking about your audience, thinking about you delivering a message to them. And they're not going to care if, you, uh, if, if something minor goes wrong on, on the live video. They, you should be thinking about your audience and delivering a really powerful message to them. In terms of getting yourself ready for the camera, I highly recommend starting working with the likes of Instagram stories. Now, this is not live video. But the great thing about Instagram stories is that, that there are only 15 second little videos. You can get used to showing yourself in front of the camera. They're only 15 seconds and they only last for 24 hours. So what's the worst that's going to happen? You can pre-record, you, so you can delete and record again if they go wrong. Mm. But uh, try, try Instagram story practice. Once you've done that, then the next thing is to try and go live to Facebook, but only to yourself. So a little tip, if, if you take, the, take your phone, go to your Facebook profile, and post a live video, change the privacy settings to only me and just practice in front of the camera. Then once you've done that, then go back and watch it back. Uh, now, this is the scary thing for most of us because most of us do not like the way we talk or the way we look when we watch ourselves. <laughs> um, but I highly recommend doing that. Give yourself three positive things that you did well and three things that you want to improve on. That's a great idea. And just, you know, having that time just to sort of get your pout on and for yourself without yeah. having to show it to everybody. And it means at least I'd get one viewer on my videos, doesn't it? <laughs> it would. Well, it is anyway. well it, exactly. And 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's another thing. Don't worry too much about the number of viewers that you have because you've got, you know, when you start off, you're probably not going to have that many viewers. You may, you may not have any. Uh, maybe like in a year's time, once you're really rocking it, you're getting hundreds and thousands of viewers. You're going to have the, the opposite problem. You're going to be really frightened because there's so many people. So whatever the number of viewers you've got, there's always, you're always going to make that into an excuse uh, for feeling scared. So try and avoid that. Just a few other things just to think about here is uh, when you're looking at the camera, and by the way, do look at the camera, not at yourself. That's really, really important. So I actually tend to put a little arrow towards my webcam. I, this is really low tech tip here, but <laughs> I actually printed out some uh, red arrows pointing into this, uh, into the white space and then put that, put my webcam directly in the middle of those red uh, red arrows because mm. I find myself looking at myself all the time. Not because I'm a narcissist. It's just that as humans, we're wired to look at another human being, not at this piece of you know plastic, which mm. is our lens. So uh, do that, but it looks through the lens and imagine your best friend is there or your ideal client and just talk to them through the camera. It's a very strange thing. It's talking to a camera in your room or your office or wherever, it's a very kind of unnatural feeling because you're just looking at this camera and talking to, to well, it feels like nobody. So mm. I think that takes practice. You know, practice, practice, practice is really important. It's one of those things, the practice and doing anything new though, the, the quicker you start doing it, the quicker you're going to get better at it. So you may as well make a start at some point. Otherwise you're going to be stuck in that sort of, uh, oh, sort yeah. of paralysis for ages, aren't you? Now you mentioned a few different tech things there and like using your phone or using a webcam and webcam and stuff. I've seen, I'm sure like many of our listeners, I've seen lots of really high tech, multi-angle vision mixed, almost <laughs> like TV studio type live shows that I've seen some from some big marketers and some certainly some big uh, media outlets. And then I've also seen like some guy sitting in a coffee shop talking into his phone with his, with his Apple headphones on. What's the, what's the tech requirements here? How do we make it look really good? Because obviously, like everything in technology, that sort of level, that, that, uh, that bar is being raised all the time. What's the expectation? What do we really need to have? What's acceptable and what's just not acceptable? Oh, those are really good questions because I think we can sometimes raise the bar so much that we never get started. Mm. And that was, that, I've had that experience because I, I didn't go live for a whole month because I was worried that my backdrop wasn't good enough. And it's ridiculous because ultimately my audience were waiting for me to deliver a, a, a message to, to communicate with them. And I was being selfish because I was worrying about the technology. So right. don't overly worry. But I, I think there's a time and a place for, for different levels. There's a time and a place for going live just on your smartphone. Maybe you're going out for a walk and you're sharing your thoughts. Uh, maybe you're giving a tour of your, your office or your product. And so a smartphone is absolutely fine. You don't want to overproduce things. But what's really important for any live video, there are two things that you need. You either need a, a decent smartphone or a, a computer. We'll come on to that in a bit. And the second thing you need is a really good upload speed. Uh, so check your internet. It's the it's because you're broadcasting. The upload speed is really important. I highly recommend using a, a service like Speedtest.net, which you can download for iOS or Android phones or on your computer. And if you've got a, an upload speed of at least four megabits per second, you should be ready to go to go live. And for desktop, ideally a bit higher than that, seven or eight megabits per second. Uh, so check that. So for the for the higher end stuff, if you're wanting to to get into the kind of more professional production, the most important thing there, as well as the internet, is you do need to have a really good high spec computer. I know some people that have struck, uh, really struggled, and it's because they've got like a MacBook Air or a low end PC laptop. And really, you need to have a, a good. This is sorry to get technical, but you just need you need to uh, have, go for at least a quad core i7 processor. Uh, and ideally 16 gigabytes of, of memory. You, you do need to kind of make sure that you've got a decent computer. Otherwise, it's going to go wrong very easily, which we wouldn't want. Uh, and then it's just a case of, I'm a big believer in bootstrapping your live video studio. If you've got like 20, 30, thousand dollars or pounds, you could just spend it all on a, an amazing studio. But over, you can build it up over time. The, the most important thing is your computer, uh, but then you can, uh, you can, get a, a decent webcam like a i like the logitech c920 it's very cheap it's pretty good get a nice microphone and then everything is then is really down to the the live video tool that you use and there's loads of different tools you can use 
uh, that allow you to, to switch cameras. You can have multiple cameras, uh, angles. You can in, uh, put in your own video, like an intro video and an outro video and do some really cool things. There's loads of video, t- uh, live video tools that I could go through if we've got time. Yeah, I would love to hear about them because I've, I've heard of a couple of them, but I mean, you're the pro, you're in that space. What's a really good, if we're wanting to go out and to go, okay, get a couple of cameras, be able to cut between maybe our sharing stuff on our desktop, um, yeah. screen sharing versus looking at us, what would be a really good tool for us to get started doing that? Well, it, it, it depends on a few things. It depends whether you've got a PC or a Mac. So for a Mac, I highly recommend Ecamm Live. Ecamm Live is, I think it's about $80. Although Macs aren't amazing at live video streaming, they, they, in terms of, you know, in, in, unless you've got a very high-end Mac, it's, it, it requires a lot of resources. The Ecamm Live, the team there have just managed to make this tool take full advantage of everything a Mac has. It's wow. very, very easy to use. You can even do like green screen. So you can have a, a different backdrop behind you. You can have different camera angles. You can bring in a guest very easily from Skype. It integrates fully with Skype. Uh, you can add uh, overlays and videos. So I definitely, that'd be a really good place to start uh, on a Mac. On a PC, a, 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 the budget version of that would be OBS Studio. That OBS Studio is available on Macs and PCs. It's got a bit more of a learning curve uh, associated with it, but that's actually where I started. It's a great tool. Uh, it allows you to do so many amazing things, like, just like Ecamm Live, although it's not quite as easy and uh, some things you can't do, such as it's a bit more difficult to highlight comments on the screen. Okay. If you wanted to take things to the next level, though, you, you're going to have to spend a bit more cash. And uh, I would go for either Wirecast, which is what I use, uh, which is uh, for PC and Mac. It's around, forget, seven or $800. So it's not, not cheap. Uh, or if you're a PC user, uh, vMix is a very good piece of software. That's what a lot of professionals are using. So either Wirecast or, or vMix. Uh, and uh, but you don't need to start with that. Maybe start with some of the kind of other software f- and get yourself started. But I mean, really getting on- started is just go live, do it on your on your smartphone. Make sure you've got a really mm-hmm. good upload speed for your for your internet yeah. connection, and just get going. And then once you build an audience and perhaps get some confidence with it, and see that this is yeah. going to be a thing you want to continue doing, then maybe move it on that first level or something like for around the eighty bucks mark. And then if you, if it becomes something that's that's key in your business, then you obviously move up. Is that what you advise doing? Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you, you know, you absolutely categorically know this is what we need to do. And you've, you've got a lot of experience. Maybe you've got a production, you know, your radio background or something like that. And you know, you're going to do it. Then by all means, I know some, some business owners that have really wanted to invest in that. And they've they've spent $20,000 at building a live video studio. I think for most of us, that's not the case. And certainly for me, I've built things up slowly. I didn't have the best lighting to begin with. In fact, I didn't have any lighting, apart from you know what was in my room. Uh, I had a basic microphone, but over time I built that. And uh, you know, so I think most businesses are gonna want to do it that way. But where you really want to invest in is decent, a decent computer. If you're, if you're going to go live from your computer, then you need to either buy, what I'd recommend for a PC, go for a gaming PC. I know that sounds ridiculous because uh, you're not, you know, you, you might not be into gaming, but the gaming PCs tend to have very good graphics and very good uh, resources that you can rely on. And on, if you're going for a Mac, then what I had to do, I was always a PC user, but I bought my first Mac uh, to help uh, a lot of my clients. I had to go for a high-end MacBook Pro and I was feeling very poor at the end of end of that but it, but it but it but it worked really well for me so that's really cool so let's imagine somebody's getting set up they've got a couple of cameras they've got uh, their mac or pc and they've got the software whether it's ecam i used to use their skype recorder by the way so i'm familiar with the company yeah, so they've got yeah. Something like that um what happens now in terms of sound so what should we look, be looking at in microphones especially and this is a problem we've run into as there's two of us is having um sound like microphones for multiple presenters so what's your recommendations with getting a good microphone especially if there's going to be two people yeah that's uh that's a, a difficult one if there's more than one of you but uh there are so many different types of microphones out there i started off with a, a blue yeti microphone which was great for many years but the problem was i work at home and because it's a condenser mic it's 
picks up everything, <laughs> including the kids downstairs. <laughs> so I would, I would go for, as a basic one, I would go for a USB dynamic microphone. And there's, there's loads of different ones. I think you're, you were saying you use the Rode mics. Rode mics are great. I wouldn't necessarily recommend, I mean, there's the Samsung mics are quite good. There's quite a few different ones. Uh, go onto Amazon and look for a, a dynamic USB mic, which is going to be around the 80, 90, 100 pound dollar kind of price range and you should be fine with that uh, and you can plug multiple usb microphones into the same computer and, and uh, uh, use those if you're going to take things to the next level of course then what i'd recommend is to plug them into uh, a mixing desk yeah so i ended up with the heil pr40 microphone which is it's a bit expensive it's 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 actually about three off three hundred dollars pounds, uh, and so it's not something I would necessarily start off with. But then you can plug that directly into a mixing desk uh, and uh, do it that way. So, uh, but audio is so important. We think so much about the video quality, but actually, if your audio is poor, people are going to switch off because if they can't hear you and the quality is not great, yeah, it becomes uh, a strain. It becomes a challenge to almost listen to. Yeah, I mean we're the same. We use the roads, but we, uh, these all go into a mixing desk uh, similarly, and then they go into the computer. So. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the way. Yeah, that's the way we roll it. Now, as we kind of go forward, what are the best platforms for people who want to present live video these days? Obviously, there's Facebook and YouTube does lives now and Instagram. And how does the style or the format or the length differ from platform to platform? So, what are your kind of favourites? Well, I I would say it depends on where your audience hang out. Uh, so, you know, all of these now are their platforms, their content platforms. YouTube has always been seen as a content platform, but it's also a social network as well. Uh, and Facebook obviously is a social network. Instagram is a social network so you've got to think well where are my audience if you've got a really very big audience on twitter and you've got loads of uh, they're really engaged with you then maybe it's a good idea to think about periscope to, to broadcast to periscope for me personally uh, although i've got a, a big audience on on twitter i find actually that my audience is more active on facebook and so that's where i go live i go live on uh, either my profile or my page and sometimes my group as well. So there's, there's various things on, on uh, Facebook. Instagram, you can't broadcast to Instagram from desktop. It's only on mobile. So automatically on Instagram, it becomes a lot more kind of intimate affair. It's a, it's a, it's a more low tech. And Instagram's great if you've got thoughts or ideas or if you've got something new that you want to share with your audience uh, to go live on Instagram. So I, I think that's good for the more kind of impromptu live video on Instagram, whereas YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook, they're kind of, maybe you can do some of those low-tech impromptu live videos, but they're kind of more for the live video show, the mm. higher production value. In terms of the length, it, again, it kind of really depends. I, I would say, yes, by all means, you can do a short show, five, 10 minutes, but uh, you, can, you can do shows up to 20, 30 minutes, even an hour on those, uh, on those platforms. And then, of course, the other platform that uh, most people don't talk about is Twitch, something that I haven't really invested a huge amount in, but I know a, a lot of my colleagues are using Twitch for their live, live video shows as well, which has a similar kind of feeling to, to YouTube and, and Facebook. I've never heard of Twitch. Yeah. So, so how does that work? So Twitch is primarily, it's really for gamers to, uh, or this is how it started. It was for gamers to, to live stream their, their gaming. Uh, but it's broadened out now and there's a lot of people that are using Twitch for their show because uh, I haven't spent a huge amount of time investigating into this, but from what I believe, they're, in terms of revenue share, it's much better on Twitch. So uh, they have adverts and then you can take some of that, take a cut from Twitch and you can make a lot more money than you can on the likes of YouTube. So Twitch is something if you're wanting to make, to, to do it primarily to get an income, then uh, Twitch is something to, to look into. The, and the other thing to, to bear in mind is, is also the quality that you're wanting to broadcast in. Facebook still doesn't allow you to stream in full high definition, although that hopefully is rolling out soon. Whereas YouTube and I think Twitch, well, certainly YouTube allows you to stream in a much higher quality, certainly uh, HD and even 4K. And obviously you need a heck of a, an upload speed to be able to deal with uh, sort of uploading live HD and especially 4K, <laughs> bloody hell. Well, I know, but well, some people do. Some people do have these uh, ridiculous high speeds. Um, and of course, the other thing, if you wanted to be really uh, high tech, you can multicast. And this is something I've played around with is so you can, you can actually stream to multiple platforms at the same time. You can stream to YouTube, Facebook, 
Periscope and Twitch all at the same time. Now, you either need to have insane speeds and an insane computer. Uh, some some software like this, for Wirecast allows you to multicast, vMix allows you to multicast, OBS doesn't out of the box. Or you could use a service uh, such as uh, Restream.io or uh, what's the other one? I'm going to forget what it is. It's really annoying when that happens. There's a number of uh, platforms out there that uh, will take a stream from your, your computer and then uh, broadcast that to multiple platforms. Right. I would say don't go for that first because it's, you've got to get used to all the different audiences on all the different platforms and ma- managing all the comments. So that'll be the tricky bit, quite... isn't it? If you're like, yeah. if you're like doing a Facebook live, but you're also getting comments over on YouTube or whatever the live version of YouTube yeah. is called. Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff. Yeah. Now we're going to take a little break in proceedings. Now uh, have a little interlude with a little game that we like to play here on Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Uh, so here's how it works. Ian, it's very very simple. Uh, my colleague Kennedy over here, hello, that's him, uh, is going to sing a song. And he's going to sing a song, but he's going to sing it. It's a well-known song. Everyone will know it, I think. But it's, it's in the style of a traditional British uh, club or pub singer. And so that means that the words may be somewhat disguised. And so your job is to, at the end, uh, guess what you think the song might be. So you probably want to listen quite carefully. And at the end of the song, you can guess what it is. And of course, uh, people listening to this, you can play along. And uh, you'll find out what the actual song is if Ian doesn't get it, which I'm sure he will. Uh, at the end of the episode. So, uh, Kennedy, if you'd like to uh, go for the song now. Can I say that I'm very impressed with your your vocal technique? There, it was very impressive. I mean, you know, I was uh, I was deep. I was, I was digging deep. I think it's because got the microphone. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. So, Ian, what do you think the song might be? <laughs> I'm afraid I have absolutely no idea. I, I, it was I, obvious, I re- Ian. It was obvious. <laughs> well, it, it might <laughs> be, but <laughs> go, go on. We shall tell the answer. We'll, the we'll be a big tease until the end of the show. <laughs> How about that? So, with that in mind, uh, and with that vocal stretch out of the way, um, so let's look at. We've looked at the, sort of the, the technicalities of why we should be using live video and how we should be doing it. But the truth is, we, for me, it's about should we be using it and where does it actually fit within a business? Is it, I don't know, is it free content to build like a brand or is it within your paid content? Is it about getting an audience? Like, where does it actually fit within any of our businesses? Well, we should absolutely be asking that question. You I mean, don't just do live video for the sake of it or because everyone yeah, else is doing yeah. it. Because... There's a lot of people doing live video out there, and I hate to say this, but they're doing live video when it's really poor. It's boring. It's just, you know, and it gives live video a bad name. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it really it totally depends on your, on your strategy, what you're wanting to do, because I, I think the advantages, as I've said, for live video is that it is great for visibility. It's great for that brand awareness, because, you know, every time you're popping up live, people are seeing that you're getting... Your audience will be notified about it. It's also about transparency and accessibility, which is great. You know, your audience can get to know you. They can ask you questions. I think on the whole, I would use it as free content, content mm-hmm. to, to grow your, your the visibility and for transparency. But you can also use it uh, for, as paid content. So I, I do both. So I, I've, got my, I've got live shows that I, I, I broadcast regularly on and it's all free content. But I also have uh, some paid communities. So if people have bought a course or they've joined like membership that I've got, mm. I, I deliver content to my audience within those private groups. Those uh, private it's a cracking way of like doing a Q&A session. I mean, we do it yeah. um, for our, our members of different programs and stuff. And yeah, that free stuff's great. But like you say, if they've bought it and they're like in a private Facebook group or a secret Facebook group, going live in them and like helping people out there and then is really great, isn't it? It's, it's so good and they, they love it. They love to have that access to you. And of course you, you can, I mean, we can talk about this in a bit, but you can then take that content and repurpose it later. You can then put it into, if you've got a membership or if you've got a, a like a course, you can then take that video and, and put it into your, into your group for later for people to watch later. So it's, it's a really, really good, it, it's, it's kind of like a webinar. You could use live video in the same way as you would with a webinar, either for free content or for within a group where people can uh, 
And if you're going to use it as a webinar, Ian, would you like put a pitch directly at the end of it? I mean, how does a call to action even work within these things? Is that a big no-no or is it a big hell yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you should, uh, I mean, you don't always have to have like a big call to action in terms of selling something, but there there should always be a call to action. It can be the call to action could be follow me on Twitter, go visit my website, or mm. it can be we're going to be we're going to be going live next week. You know, you need to kind of teach your audience to know that you're going to be going live regularly to know where that where to find you next. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're selling a product, this is something that I've historically not been always that great at, is to to remember that you are on this to sell. And as Chris Ducker um, <laughs> says, you need to be seen to sell. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to sell. Sell people are going to wonder what you're on about. So mm. I kind of uh, I, I like that. And so yeah, absolutely. The the last few things that you need to do is yeah, give a give a pitch uh, or call to action of of how people can find out about this thing that you've been talking about or how they can find out more information. You should also tell them where they when you're next going to go live mm. and and also how to find more out about you. Uh, and have you found a particular kind of call to action or a particular kind of action itself uh, works particularly well? And are there some that perhaps don't work as well? Uh, so I think it depends on the type of live video that you're doing. I, I think you need to be respectful to your audience, you, but you also need to just go for it, you know, and uh, make it easy for people to to find out how to get to the live, to, to how, sorry, how to get to your link. Because when they're watching a live video, they're not necessarily going to be able to click on anything until mm. later. So there's a, few, there's a few techniques you could do. I mean, something that I know uh, many people do these days is to use a bot. A face- so this is on Facebook. Mm. You, can, you can use a, a service like ManyChat. Mm. And when you say, if you, if you comment with the word blobby or something, I can't think of a better that's a, word. That's a great word. I'm pleased you blobby. said that. Yeah, I'm, I thought, thought it would, I wanted to give real value to your audience. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, but then on many chat, what you can do is that is your trigger word. So when people use that word, they will then be sent a message on Facebook Messenger with a link to your downloadable PDF or your course or whatever it is that you're, that what is your call to action. So it's a really it's a way of of delivering content to them without taking them away from the live video if that makes sense. So that's, that's worked really well for, for many others and for myself as well. That's really nice. So that's what's going to happen at the end of the video. What about the main kind of content itself? What's your kind of process, I guess, for planning out the content, the stuff you're going to teach, the things you're going to share in order to make sure that it appears slick and polished as opposed to sort of just rambling on? So the first thing to do is just start well actually before that i i mean i actually trained as a professional singer back in the day so one of my big things is warming up your voice warming up your body before and you now start. I really appreciate that really lovely comment about my vocal performance well, yeah. well exactly exactly i know what i'm talking about <laughs> so start you know do some physical warm-ups i always think you know that we put cause we have a lot of stress on our upper body so the neck and the shoulders give yourself a bit of a massage have a bit of a, a vocal warm-up start with a smile and a laugh that's really important and don't start apologetically i've seen many people that start with am i live can you hear me you know it's it's you need to have done the preparation beforehand go live to yourself test that everything's working and then just start uh, and the way i would start is to welcome your replay viewers first so you you obviously introduce yourself and uh, and and then you can say thanks so much for watching the replay because of course the first people to watch are not your live viewers they're going to be people in the future that are going to be watching your live video so introduce your topic and then hopefully at this point you're going to have to get some live viewers joining the joining the show and people love to to be named so just uh, have a bit of a chit chat introduce uh welcome people to the show but then you need to have a clean break and start your main segment which is what you're talking about so i would stick to maybe three four or five points and you prepared these earlier uh say to your live audience i will get back to your questions please do comment but i will get back to you after this main segment and the reason for that is you've got to be respectful for your replay viewers because if you keep talking to your live viewers that's going to lose their concentration and also your concentration. And it also makes repurposing for later more difficult. So this can be the, the segment that you can take out for later for uh, maybe upload to YouTube. So stick to, stick to three to five points and, and go with that. And then you've got 
to the next section of your live video, which is involving your live audience. And, and they hopefully have been asking some questions. So you can answer those questions. Uh, you can maybe even bring some of them onto your show if, 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 if it's that type of format. Towards the end, and we've already gone over this, but just, just summarize what you've talked about. Call to action. Tell people where they can, when you're next going to go live. Tell people how to find out more about you. And then say bye and end the broadcast. Leave them wanting more. That's, that's why I always say don't, you know, don't go on too long because it uh, can end up being a bit boring and waffly, which we'd never want, would we? That's a massive tip there. There's like it's an absolute golden nugget because I've done it and I've seen so many other people do it where they start the live broadcast and what you get is you get, hey, this is Rob and uh, I'm just going to wait for a few people. Just to wait until he turns here. up, yes. Uh, so this, this useless bit that just knackers it for the replay for anyone watching back. And let's think about it. Over time, you're very likely to have more people watching the recording than live. So it just makes a lot of sense to just start. start. You might well, as well fill that first 30 seconds by chance. And, and, and what you can do is you can, I know some uh, live shows do this. And in fact, on one of my live shows, we do this. We have what's called a pre-show section. So on the likes of OBS or Wirecast or any of these tools, you can, have, you can set up different scenes. So we have a, a scene, scene one is actually our uh, little intro video. It's pre-recorded. And then we go straight into the pre-show slot with a countdown timer. So this is, it'll count down for three minutes. And so this is us welcoming our, you know, talking to our replay viewers, but also it's this, the time, time that we're waiting for our live viewers to join. Uh, then we go into the main segments of the show where we can, so we will play a, another video, which will welcome the show for, to properly. And we'll, uh, we'll then welcome our live viewers and do it that way. So you can have different segments, different scenes. In your That's show. awesome because what it means is anybody watching that, that sort of pre that, that, that recording back we will be able to skip they'll be able yes. to skip forward and go oh that's when they did the countdown oh the, the countdown's at three minutes it's one minute, uh, now it's one minute to go 10 seconds good i'll start watching it from now because the content's about to begin because that's yeah. the big thing for me whenever i've done my, my few facebook lives that i have done in terms of publicly that are not in a members area i always feel like all of that welcoming of the people who are live i'm thinking am i just disengaging the replay viewers and that's always that danger it's a fine line isn't it it is a fine line. And I, I think you're never going to get it perfect. There's going to be some people that are just, even if you mention one or two people, they're going to switch off. But mm. I, I, th I think you need, you need to kind of think about those two different audiences. And I, I would say talking right from the start is good. I, I used to have a segment which was two or three minutes with a countdown timer with some music and it was nothing. And I was just waiting for the live viewers, but it was just the, the replay viewers were just put off. So I, mm. I think just having a section which with the countdown timer and it's a bit of preamble before your main show which but you're still delivering some value to your replay viewers is, is a good way to start okay so we've started talking about viewers now how do we actually get more eyeballs onto our videos because there's nothing worse than when you first start out you think right i've plucked up the courage i'm definitely going to be able to do this this live i've planned my content fabulous stuff go live and you realize you've got no views, no views, no views. Oh, one view, one view for a bit, and then no views, no <laughs> views, no views. How yeah. do we get good traction, a good audience for our, our live events? Well, first thing is, and this is so difficult. I feel such a hypocrite saying this, but try not to look at that view account or try not to get stressed about it. When you first go live, the likelihood is you're not going to get a huge number. It's unlikely that you're going to get a huge number. But what's really important here is cons consistency. The more times you go live, the, 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 the way you will be able to grow your audience slowly, organically over time. It's the same for most types of platforms out there. You know, think about the first time you blogged, the first time you launched a podcast. The likelihood is you didn't start with hundreds or thousands of viewers. But... Having said all of that, there are some things that you can do to improve the likelihood you're going to get more people. Uh, and as a side, side thing to say is also don't forget about your, your replay viewers who will be watching later on. We always forget about them. And although you may not have very many live viewers, you may get significantly more replay viewers later on. Mm. That was certainly my situation when I first started. I may have had two or three live viewers but I was getting hundreds and hundreds of replay viewers later on. Yeah, so so the number of two or three is not, is, should not be alarming to anybody then? No, it shouldn't. I, it, but um, we're human beings. And of course, if we see the number zero, one or two, we, we are gonna, we're probably going to let that affect our delivery. But do think about your replay viewers for later. But anyway, so in terms of how you promote it, live video is 
not that dissimilar to other types of platforms out there. If you launch a blog post, you're going to promote it, aren't you? Um, so use social net, social media, use your email list to promote it. Now with the likes of Facebook and YouTube, you can schedule your live videos beforehand. And so you can schedule your live videos up to a, a week in advance, so at least on pages. You can't do that on your group. Uh, as you know, you can, uh, talk, absolute rubbish, you can do it on all of them, but uh, on pages, uh, on groups, sorry, on groups, and profiles, you need to use a special tool to do that, such as Wirecast. Mm. Um, so you can promote it, you can schedule it beforehand, and you're then given a link to that scheduled video, which you can then share on your, uh, on your email list. You can share that on Twitter, LinkedIn, tell people that you're going to go live beforehand. You could also on Facebook create an event and invite people to that event. So for example, in a group, you could invite people to that live video. Um, so and do do you, that. Can you, can you actually broadcast a live video into an event page or can you not do that? Yes, you can. You can do that. Uh, so you could, you could do it that way. Uh, again, you'd have to use a tool to, 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 to do that, uh, such as Wirecast or, or Ecamm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, but the other thing that you could do is it, with the event, you could just then link to your live video within the page. So it's just, so it's not perfect, but that's one way of doing it. Now, another thing that you can do is, and this is particularly useful if you're bringing in a guest. So we had um, a guest on our show. This was, it was Melanie Dodaro, who's a, a LinkedIn specialist. And mm -hmm. she, so what we did is we set up something called cross posting on Facebook. So she, we uh, sent her, we, we asked her for permission to be able to cross post that live video to her page. So when we went live, so this is to my free range social show, live show, uh, we went live to that. I also went live to my page. I also went live, we also went live to my co-hosts, uh, this is Julia Bramble, her, her page, but we also went live to Melanie's page as well. So, so you, you cross posting to all of those at the same time. And of course, you can share that to other pages and groups and things like that. There is one disadvantage with this, and this is a frustrating thing, which I just wanted to mention. It's, it sounds great, but unfortunately, the comments are not unified. So someone comments on the video on Melanie's page, it's not going to come up on the page yes. that I'm looking at, which is really annoying. Mm. But in terms of just getting your getting your the video out there, it's a really good strategy. It to massively do. multiplies the reach as well. And is there something to be said for maybe having a regular show, which for example, it's at 4 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday, you're going to be there, which means you end up with this expectation, you end yes. up with more viewership that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Is that effective? Yeah, definitely, definitely effective. I've, I've, I get, I've noticed this, you know, over the summer, uh, I've, you know, because we've been away with family, and, sure. you know, on holidays, I've not been able to do have, have have the regular time. And so, when we started again, we started with lower figures, lower you know, lower numbers of people watching. People just come to expect that you're going to go live at that particular time, and it's good to teach your audience that that's the case. So, definitely think about having a regular show at a particular time. But there's also for different types of live video content, such as the you know, you're, you're just going out for a walk and you're sharing your thoughts or you're, you're, you're more impromptu live, then you can play around with those. You could maybe do that later in the evening. You could do it in early in the morning mm. and get an idea of what works. Uh, mm. I, think, I think having both of those is, is, is good. Having a, a regular show, but also having more random ones throughout. That's a more ad hoc thing. And you know, once you've done your video and you've done your live, what do you, what do you recommend we do? Should we sometimes delete those recordings because they were just for people who were there live? Do we leave it up? Do we pay to promote it? What do we do? Again, it depends on the situation. So I do know some, uh, some businesses out there or organizations that do take it down afterwards, but that's for copyright reasons because they're, they're playing some music and actually the right. license that they have requires them. It's okay to do it, to do it live, but then they have to take it down. Huh. But that, that's for very specific reasons. I think in most cases, definitely, definitely keep it up because it becomes from live video content. It becomes evergreen content that you can continue to promote forever. Uh, and certainly I, I'm still getting views to, uh, live videos that I posted two years ago. It's, wow. it's absolutely mad. So, and you can continue to promote it on all your different platforms. Now, there is another example where taking it down does make sense. And I've done this. So I had a, a pop-up Facebook group. Um, and this was, I, I, would, I did five live videos uh, in the run-up to launching 
this big course I was promoting. Okay. Uh, and I was very upfront about this. I said, these live videos, I will be taking them down at the end of the week because these, then, these live videos are going to be coming part of my course. So they, they, were, they were, if you watch them live, you could watch them live, but uh, you could watch the replay maybe for a couple of days, but then I was going to take them down. And if you wanted to continue to consume this content, then you'd have to buy my course. So sure. it was a kind of a way of doing it that way. So that's, that's another example of why you, you might want to take it down. But yeah, absolutely. Afterwards, uh, you've got all these other opportunities open to you. So uh, you can pay to promote it. Uh, you can't promote a video on a live video on Facebook beforehand, but you, after it's gone live and it's, it's finished, you can then obviously you can promote it. You can do other cool things like um, add captions and show notes to your live videos. So a lot of people, I forget what the percentage of people who watch with the sound off. It's high though, isn't it? It's, it's extremely it, high. It's like, I think it might be around 80%. Don't quote me on that, but it's a very high number. So one thing you can do uh, is take, extract the first three or four minutes of your live video and then upload that to a service like rev.com which charges to charges like a dollar per minute and to get, ask them to give you the captions, the closed captions. You can then download that, that and upload that to your replay of your video. And you've got the first three minutes captions. And you can always add the last caption, which says, in order to watch, the, to, to carry on uh, with this video, turn the sound up, you know. And so you, you're only paid $3 to get the captions for that. Uh, and add some show notes uh, so for example you can add timestamps. say you talked about particular subjects at five minutes and 30 seconds in tell people when you talked about that so they can skip to that part of the video for later and do you put that as, as the description of the video itself or is that in the comments where you put in the show notes so so obviously the title is important but yeah in terms of the show notes you'd put that into the, the description of the of the the video uh, just like you would with any other video uh, so yeah, right. absolutely do that. And of course, then you can repurpose that content. You can take little bits of it. You could take snippets of that into Instagram stories or Instagram posts. You could take the main segments and, and post that to YouTube. Uh, if you've got like a, a professional editor that can do all that for you, that's great. If you wanted to do things on your own or cheaply, there's a number of services out there. There's repurpose.io, which uh, will actually take your Facebook live videos and post them directly to YouTube. Uh, or convert it into uh, an mp3 so you can repurpose that into a podcast there's loads of different things you can do there to to take it from a live video which is like a one purpose thing into uh, an evergreen piece of content that is going to repurpose all your different platforms out there love it now ian we're going to fire over into what we like to call the quick fire round hey, hey you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets do you Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So here we go. Nice, short, sharp, simple questions. Uh, number one, a book that you recommend. I, re I read this recently. It's Thou Shall Prosper uh, by Daniel Lappin. It's all about uh, making money in an ethical way. I love it. it. Sounds great. I haven't read that one, but it's on the list now. Um, what is your top success habit? Something you do daily or weekly? Well, this is what I try to do and it works really well and it's set, setting artificial deadlines. I work best under pressure. So uh, setting uh, that I need to re finish this blog post in the next hour uh, because I need to and it, it always makes me do that. And the other thing is just a monthly retreat day. So going away for half the day all on my own without any technology, just with myself, a notepad and writing down my thoughts, hopes and dreams of the future and what I've achieved. Love it. Who do you look up to? So somebody who's been a real amazing mentor to me is a guy called Emmerich Erno, and he's the uh, co-founder of a, a platform called Agora Pulse. And he's just really, he believed in me right from the word go, but also he's just such, he's, he's the kind of guy that I want to um, follow in terms of his integrity and the way he uh, runs his business. Uh, just a really great guy. Fantastic. Great company. And what are some of your favorite apps that you think are really cool right now? Well, yeah. Th speaking of Emmerich, uh, I, I really like his tool, which is Agora Pulse. So I use that for all my social media channels. It enables me to get down to inbox zero and on all my social media platforms, which is great. But I also have to say a big uh, shout out to Ecom Live for uh, broadcasting to live video. It, uh, it's great. And where would I be without LastPass so I can have all my passwords? <laughs> it's, a it's a boring but uh, a really good one. Now, the most important question, uh, who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? 
So this is the politician's answer. I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> I think I'd be, I'd, I'd, I was just thinking like if I was a uh, Jack Bauer and I had to choose between one person. Yeah, you've got to save one of us from whole, being strapped I, to the new. I, I, I just, I just don't know. I have no idea. So. Would you let us both go? Is that what you're saying? You'd just be like, well, I can't make a decision. Pro- so. Probably, probably. <laughs> you're so kind. We neither, could be friends. Neither, rather than anyone, neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a neither. That's the first neither we've had, actually. We've, we've had both. We've never had neither. Never thanks for being well, a first. Well, I would, I would say, I would say both, but you didn't give me that option. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> Finally, Ian, where can folks go to find out more about you? The best place is my website, iag.me, because I found that I've carelessly scattered myself across all these different social networks. Uh, and so, you can, if you want to f- follow me on any of the particular social networks, you can find out at that website. So it's just iag.me. And now, before we wrap things up, of course, we do have to put Ian out of his misery and uh, tell him what the song was that you sang earlier in the episode. And what, was your, what would be your guess there, Ian, if you were to, like, be sort of torched about it? I just, I didn't have a clue. It didn't, it didn't do anything. It didn't mean anything, I'm afraid, so. Oh, <laughs> wrong. It was, in fact, ABBA, Dancing Queen. <laughs> <sighs> and here's what it sounds like if I sang it correctly. See, now you can hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy, easy. There we go. That's good. Yeah, I can hear it now. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being such a great guest, being a great sport with the games. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you, Ian. Thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Now, for everybody listening to this on the replay, see what I did there, using <laughs> his, little tips, his little tips. Yeah, good. It was nice. Um, what a top bloke. I really like Ian. He's, got, he's obviously been there and done it and all that stuff. about. I mean, just getting all the tech stacks set up, it can be just so simple. Like, you can go wild. Yes, you can use all that clever tech, but really, you can just get your phone out and hit go. I think what's interesting is if you see the people, and we mentioned them in that interview, if you see the people who are using big studio setups, mm-hmm. um, like they've got you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment, literally in lights and cameras and, a, and a, a vision mixing and all that sure. stuff, a lot of the time, if you were to go back in their business, they didn't buy all of that stuff until they knew that live video worked. Right? They didn't buy. And then you were to fit in their funnel they, and what they, they were going to do with it. Yeah, first. Exactly. So I think what's interesting if you go all the way back you can actually find people who, those big guru names with big studios who were just filming it on their phones, held at mm-hmm. arm's length. Didn't even and have I a think even stick. some of those people who have the massive studios still do that every now and again. I saw one of the biggest names in the industry the other day who yep. has a studio that's got literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment in it on, on phones, yep. on, on iPhones. And it just really breaks through that stuff. I think the big key to all of this stuff is just get started. Speaking of getting started, I can't say that without saying you could get started with Response Suite right now. You haven't already. Go to responsesuite.com and we'll hook you up with a 14-day free trial so you can check out why so many people are switching to Response Suite for their surveys and for their lead generation systems. It's very exciting. You'll be able to create micro, tiny little segments within your business so you can send more relevant offers to all of the people on your list all of the time. It's very, very cool. It's super cool. That's it for this episode. We'll be back on Monday. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.